0: What's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller here to tell you all about the Thrift Store Jobber and his lovely wares. And Daddy, let me tell you something. He's got a good one today, brother. It's the Boogie Woogie Man, handsome Jimmy Valiant, Daddy. And this shirt is ill. And you know, I went to the AI Wrestling Academy, but if I could have went to Boogie's Wrestling Camp, which the Thrift Store Jobber has a hat for right here this week, who knows what would have happened to me. But at Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram, find him on Etsy. Use the promo code worldwide and get 10% off all your orders. Daddy. talk.
1: The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs, they're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health, and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844-430-4357. once again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Thanks, of course, as always, to Angelo's Pizza, who's taking care of us here, as they do at every single one of our live events at Mount Carmel. You can try some of Angelo's award-winning pizza on Angelo's on Madison Avenue in in Lakewood, Ohio, uh, they have more than pizza to offer you. meatball subs, wings, pasta, almost whatever you can think of uh, in terms of cuisine. Make sure you check them out once again on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Thanks, of course, to SmartMark Video, who records all of our live events so that you can see them on DVD or an MP4 digital download stream in case you can't make the show or you want to watch it again. Head to smartmarkvideo.com to purchase any one of those today. And as always, thank you to Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our printing and graphic design needs. You can do all the things that we do and more, in case you need to, by logging on to jackprince.com. That's j-a-k-prince.com that's right and that voice that you heard is none other than uh one of the owners of aiw john thorne my name of course is steve guy i'm your moderator of sorts not a, a lot of moderating necessary on this episode promise we'll get to uh absolution 12 for you guys next week but this is an episode uh that we needed to do and it's going to be a bit more of a somber note um Uh, But it is just going to be John Thorne and myself, and we're going to dive into what happened uh, with Chandler Biggins, uh, or Chris Bryan, uh, as his actual name is. Uh, For those of you who follow AIW, you know that he passed away um, mid-June, and this is something that we have been dealing with for for months, and... um, You know, John and I both agreed, and with the uh, blessings of his family and his mother in particular, who filled us in on a lot of the details, um, it's a story that needed to be told. It needed to be told not just for us to get out there, not just because you fans were curious, but there are some things as we'll go along that you find out. And yeah, there are things we're, you know, we might kick ourselves. And that's some people say it's not right to do, but you you'll understand why we did. And I think it's
0: natural for people to have done. So as, uh, as probably as, uh, somber or sad as this episode is going to turn, turn into, uh, the reason why we're doing this is because there, there's a message that I, I think, and, uh, his family agrees that it isn't, it, it's important that that gets out there as, You'll discover uh, as we describe the circumstances and how this all how this all went. Um, you know, there's an important message I think that needs to be, uh, I, I, I guess, shared with the world, so to speak. Um, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you're you're able to change the outcome. Uh, unfortunately, you know the, that that didn't happen with Chandler, but we're hoping, it, you know, even though he did pass away, that you know his. His story can can help somebody else, and you know, uh, help somebody uh, who is in you know uh, who's in a similar situation as that he was, um, and and that's really the the reason why uh, I wanted to do this. Uh, and like I said, I spoke you know I spoke to his family, and uh, they provided us with uh, a, a lot of the you know the the medical details and then and, and all the things that, that really happened as because as you'll find out as as this process was going on, it was kind of like each side was putting together a, a puzzle, but we, we didn't have uh, all the pieces. Uh, and, and that's what we've been trying to do over these last few months is kind of put everything together and, and really find out exactly how this happened and why this happened. Uh, and, and that's kind of what, what we're going to dive into today in this episode.
1: And, and that's exactly it. You know, it's, we're all trying to put the pieces together, not, as John said, basically n- not realizing that we had pieces that were missing. Um, you know, it's like you're assembling a 150-piece puzzle and then all of a sudden on nowhere you realize it's supposed to be a 200-piece. Uh, that's kind of where we both were. Um, you know, forgive us ahead of time. There may be points where you look, there's long pauses and breaks as we collect our thoughts, even though John and I have talked about this prior to going into the episode and we've made notes and we, you know, we want to deliver this message. And we want to tell you what happened, but, uh, that still may happen. And, you know, point blank folks, this, this may be a rough one to get through. Um, but, but the, there's there was definitely a message at the end of all of this, as John said, and, uh, it, and that's that's why we're here, and we hope you you listen to all of it, and you take it in, if not for yourself, but also helping others.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I and I also I know a lot of people had asked, and uh, I I figured it was this was was easier to explain it than you know talk to everybody individually and it, 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 going to these all this detail because uh it's probably a situation that is very unique uh but also a lot of people can relate to uh so i guess we're just going to get into it and uh yeah we'll 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 see what happens and how this goes um pretty much uh the week of March 18th uh, March 18th was a Saturday it was a Saturday yeah so uh, we had girls night out on March the 11th yeah. So in between March, March the 11th. So as if you listen to the, the final Chandler Biggins podcast, that is taped, that was recorded one week uh, before he went to the hospital, basically one week before he had never uh, spoke again, uh, yeah. which is pretty crazy uh, because if you listen to that episode, he's so energetic and full of life. Um, and then, you know, for him to take such a, such a, crazy turn um it just it's it, it, at the time it, it was inexplainable um as you know uh i learned more throughout this process uh the, the story kind of started coming together for me uh but basically uh you know after girls night out uh we had uh we had a ring rental that was going to be the, the following saturday uh for uxwa it's a company in Cleveland that uh, we help out a lot and they, they book a lot of our students. Uh, and Chandler really enjoyed going to those shows and helping them. And uh, we pretty much just took these guys that were running these shows with, uh, you know, like kind of untrained and, you know, questionable talent and uh, they asked us for help. And uh, we've been helping them for pro- close to a year, probably. Uh, and Chandler loved going to those shows. He lo- he loved going and hanging out with everybody. Uh, Chandler never missed a show. Never ever ever uh, a ring rental, an AW show, uh, any show that he could go to, he never missed a show. Um, so uh, that week, he had been texting me. He wasn't feeling well. Uh, he didn't go to training that week. Um, he thought he had the flu, and uh, he you know he just progressively started feeling worse. Um, I had said, Hey, you know, uh, it was actually in a group chat, uh, on Saturday with uh, myself, Chandler and Steve, uh, I had said, you know, he's like, he'd said that he wasn't going to make the show, which is very weird. Uh, cause even if he was deathly ill, there was no way that he was missing a show to go to because that was Chandler lived for going to shows and hanging out with everybody and the camaraderie of being around all the you know, all the wrestlers and all the, just all, those are all his friends. Uh, so instantly that was kind of a red flag for me. Um, he texted, uh, myself and Steve probably around 11 AM, uh, that, uh, he said, uh, I think I have pneumonia, they think I have pneumonia, I'm going to the hospital, uh, please don't tell anyone. Uh, so to me, like, I don't, like, pneumonia is serious, but that, like, the way he words it makes it sound like it's a lot more serious than that, um, especially with uh, you know him saying, "Please don't tell anyone."
1: Yeah, he doesn't. Um, you know, as people know, obviously, probably in wrestling, there's gossip and there's secrets to be held, but um, sometimes that's in within understanding. But the fact that he is sitting there, and that wasn't the only uh, time that he messaged us that throughout the day. It was, that was a consistent message from him was for John and I to not tell anybody what was going on. That right. he was even being admitted to the hospital.
0: And, you know, like I initially was not going to go to UXWA. I had some plans, uh, and I can, you know I, I, cancel them. I said, that's cool. Uh, I'll go take care of the ring rental. I'll go hang out make sure everything goes go smoothly uh around 3 p.m you know he texts steve happy birthday uh steve's birthday and um you know then you know we're getting the show together you know i'm thinking you know pneumonia cold flu something these are the things he's saying
1: yeah well i don't say by no means were we dismissing that he was sick by going about our days but you know we understood to look look uh, many of you have met chandler um he's a bigger guy and, and we knew as his friends and being there with him, yeah, you know, he, he had some problems, uh, breathing problems from being a bigger guy in general. So for us to sit there and think, okay, he's got pneumonia. He's having these issues breathing, uh, but he's going to the hospital. This is great because the one thing knowing Chandler was that he wouldn't go to a doctor.
0: Yeah. Cause initially when, you know, he's saying, and I, you know, I've said this before, he's saying, you know, I, I think I have the flu uh, earlier in the week. Uh, and then you know on Saturday morning it turns into uh, it might be pneumonia. Um, I don't think he had gone to the hospital at this point. I think he was just kind of self-diagnosing uh, mm-hmm. and speaking to his mom. Uh, and I say, well, you know, we're we're supposed to go to Russellcon in a matter of days, right? Um, you know, you need to at least go to the doctor and get some medicine because I knew he wasn't going to miss the Russellcon trip. But I was like, you know, you, you need to go and, you know, just figure out what's wrong with you and get, and get it taken care of. Because if it's pneumonia, that's real serious. Um, sure. So around, uh, you, you know, we're at the UXWA show. Uh, it's getting ready to start. And uh, he texts me around, it's around 7.30. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, he's at the hospital. And uh, they think he has cellulitis. Um and he it's causing him to have some immune system problems um you know that's that, that's that's pretty much you know like where he you know where he leaves it um that's that's
1: our piece of the puzzle and as we said you know or, or that's our puzzle with our pieces as we said his family had a whole other puzzle they were to putting
0: together and not knowing all the pieces right and, and uh, you know it go like uh to me and i don't want to like i said i don't want to sound dismissive but you know uh, he's making it sound like you know it's a cold or it's a, a, some kind of you know sickness uh but you know don't worry it's cool it's you know it's this it, it's that and um oh yeah totals don't
1: worry multiple times i think as he was texting us and and like i've said multiple times he he kept saying uh kept making sure that i was having a good birthday told me happy birthday a couple times um you know as we've told our side uh, that uh, that day you know it's important to give you guys some background kind of from his mom and and what the family was going through and and how that was all happening um a briefly quick background is uh chandler had, had asthma as a child uh he used to have breathing treatments when he was at home uh, but his mom told us he hadn't had any of those issues in in years, so for him to even to be struggling at this point, this day, you know, that was a bit out of the ordinary um, to her. And now, you know, we're, we're, really, there's no way around it. We're
0: going to get into some some harder stuff here that, that she was telling us. And I, I mean, just to give you guys kind of a better idea of where he was at when he was texting. Us throughout the day, you know. He's also saying like, "Hey, you know, the U-Haul that I booked got canceled. I'm working like he's working on AIW stuff. Yeah, as he's there, you know, he's, uh, you know, we had uh, different deals that were going on, and you know, he, we were supposed to get a deposit for the birthday party show, and uh, you know, he was explaining like, hey, you know, I can't be there, but you know, we can get it this way, and uh, right. the U-Haul is canceled, so uh, I'm I'm working on I'm working on getting a, a another U-Haul. It, and so he's he's working on stuff as he's saying you know he's at the doctor so uh, to us it's seeming like uh, just w- whenever anybody gets like run of the mill getting sick sort of like yeah very much business as usual but hey I I'm sick enough I've got to go see somebody and like like I said at seven forty he s- says uh, you know cellulitis and you know the exact text was uh, so I ended up with cellulitis and it fucked my immune system up. Uh, so i'm getting admitted but everything so far is going good kayfabe it uh so i said you know okay you know the, i said i said that you know I'm, i i gave him uh, updates on uh, things that were going up at the show um and you know that that's pretty much uh you know where he leaves it with me um until, until later in the evening but you know now I guess we'll explain, you know, his his mom gave us kind of uh, some pieces of the puzzle here.
1: Yeah, so as I said, you know, he had had asthma previously, um, you know, no issues leading up to that or anything. Um, on that Saturday, uh, March 18th, uh, she got up in the morning and Chandler said he had woken up earlier in that morning and uh, his testicles were swollen. Um, you know, so she called the... Uh, doctor's office. Try to get them an appointment. And this is, you know, local hospital or, or doctor. And, um, you know, they gave him a they gave him a breathing treatment. They went there. He was wheezing, felt a little bit better. Uh, then turned out his pulse was high and he was feeling jittery. They thought at first maybe because of the medicine, but then the uh, doctor said he needed to go to the emergency department um, because the doctor couldn't do anything for him at the office. They go to uh, her truck, his mother's truck. Uh, He was too weak to get into it. And, you know, they call for emergency. The fire department comes in Chardon there, near where they live, to take him to uh, the local emergency department. He gets um, antibiotics in an IV system. And it was there. He needs to go to a different medical center. And he needs to go to the ICU at this point and has to get a CT scan. This is all still happening throughout the day uh and then it gets to the point after now here we are after he uh yes uh, uh, told so, john as he just
0: so, said so you know that's like i said he's you know he texts me around seven forty. i don't I, I don't hear from him um until uh until uh later on that night i, I leave the uxwa show uh, right before it's over, I, you know, I, I, square everything away. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm getting things prepared to go, to go to Orlando in a, in a few days. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm packing and then, I'm, you know, just, or just getting things or, organized. And, uh, you know, he texts, he texts me around, uh, it was exactly at eleven thirty nine PM. Uh, and he says, so I'm only telling you, uh, I've developed flesh eating virus and and it's, that's what's causing me to be sick all week. Uh, They're going to send me to the Cleveland clinic or university hospital for emergency surgery. The prognosis is good, uh, but it was found extremely early. I'm hoping to be out in a few days. Uh, I said, Oh my God, that's crazy. And uh, he says, they think it's just the flesh, but I told them to take anything they need to. Uh, It's, it's been a roller coaster of a day. Um and I just said, you know, wow, that's scary, and then uh, uh that's it. Um he he doesn't respond
1: after that. And you know, to fill in on the other side, um you know we talk about it's being a, a flesh eating virus or, uh, or bacteria. What this is medically, um, you know, forgive me if I I botched the actual name, but it's uh, uh Fournier's gangrene. I mean, it's a a form of gangrene. And the medical center that he was initially at when they got taken to the ICU, um, you have to understand, too, uh, Chandler's family lives out in a very rural area, so there are not a lot of huge hospitals there. Um, They're probably, and I can tell you this because I grew up out in that area, about 30 miles from something like the Cleveland Clinic or... Uh, Metro Health, if you're familiar with Cleveland, or University Hospitals, so it's far away from, you know, the best of the best, and they're limited. They have great stuff, but it's limited. Um, and, and so, literally, they told him if they did surgery out there, he would die, and he needed to go to one of these downtown. So his mom got on the phone, was calling people, as well as the staff was there. Uh, they called between Cleveland Clinic and university, university Hospitals to find somebody who would accept them, uh, and, and they did just that. Um, and you know, before I go a little bit further, let me give you uh, what gangrene is. If you don't know, um, it's, it's a horrendous infection. And what this one in particular is, uh, foreigner, fourniers or fourniers, however you may say it, um, look, a specific definition here. It's an infection of the genitalia causes severe pain in the genital area and progresses, uh, from having redness in the area all the way to uh, necrosis, which is the death of tissue. And it can, it can occur uh, within hours. Um, it's something that's been around, was discovered in the 1700s. And symptoms of this can be fever, general discomfort, uh, moderate to severe pain, swelling in the general, and uh, anal areas followed by a rankness and smell of the affected tissue leading to full blown gangrene. And,
0: um, I think, and I think, you know, his mom gave us all sorts of inter- like information and, uh, it says, you know, an estimated 750 cases have been reported, uh, in literature. So that's really not that, that many.
1: No, that's, that's obviously very rare. And mostly it's people in their 60s or 70s or or older. Um, The disease is commonly found in conjunction with other disorders that could weaken the immune system. And uh, some of these that help gangrene along. And this is, again, when we talk about both sides are trying to put together uh, puzzle pieces uh, you know, this is going to come into play here, but, uh, well,
0: I guess, I guess I'll kind of take over before, you know, you, um, you finish the, the yeah. definition. Um, so, you know, I, I don't hear, I don't hear from Chandler after, you know, he basically tells me, uh, he's getting admitted and they're going to do, they're going to do emergency surgery on him. Um, so I, I, I don't really, you know, know what to think. Um, you know, uh, it's it sounds very very serious. It sounds a lot more serious than it did a few hours earlier. Um, and then you know, like I said, he stops he stops responding to me. Uh, like minutes minutes after, you know, he he tells me, "Hey, I'm I'm only telling you this." Um, so you know, I, I I wait up for a few hours and nothing, nothing, nothing. Um. I finally fall asleep, and uh, I wake up to a text message from Chandler, and I think it's him, uh, but it was his mom texting me from his phone, and uh, she said, they're just taking him into surgery now. Uh, It was at 6.06 a.m. on uh, that Sunday morning, March 19th. Um, She texted me a, a few hours later. And she said uh, he had a a four-and-a-half-hour surgery, and uh, he's back in the ICU. Uh, They put a breathing tube in, and uh, he's going to be very critical over the next few days. The doctor said he'll be in the hospital for two weeks, and then uh, he'll start his rehab. Um, So, you know, like, it sounds like everything has been a a success. Um, You know, we, we go back and forth. Uh, she asks, you know, what she can do about AIW. I tell her not to worry about it. Um, you know, that's really the least of my concerns at this point. Um, and then, uh, you know, we talk, we talk more over, uh, you know, over the next few hours. Um, she asked me, you know, would you like to visit? I said, yeah. Uh, she tells me that, you know, he's been medically sedated. Um, but, you know i'm i'm more than welcome to come he has another very very serious surgery on tuesday um i was going to go on tuesday but i just you know i decided okay i'm going to go i'm going to go that i'm going to go as soon as i get off of work on monday um and that's kind of you know that's kind of where the story develops more uh so i went to the hospital and uh you know she'd been texting me throughout the day on monday that uh you know he had a fever Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was not doing, not doing that great. Uh, and how important the surgery was going to be on Tuesday that I should probably, I should probably come. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I go, I go on, uh, I go later on Monday, uh, right after work around 5 PM. And, uh, that's, you know, that's when I see the seriousness of the situation you know like it's one thing you hear people in the hospital uh but uh, actually seeing it is a is is a different story you know like when you think of somebody's in the hospital you think you know they're sitting in a hospital gown watching you know watching tv uh that is not the case and the last time that i was at this this hospital in particular the, the exact same area was uh, the last time I basically saw my mom when she had cancer. She was in this same exact section of the, of the Cleveland clinic. Uh, so once, you know, she told me where he was at, uh, that's, that's when I knew like, Hey, like this is, uh, th- this is way, way, way worse than um, picturing it because, you know, he's, you know, she's saying two weeks and he was saying a few days the last time I talked to him. And then she tells me to, to go to, you know, the, the Cleveland clinic ICU, you know, the, the, the G wing, which is the exact same place where my mom was when she had cancer, uh, like days before she died. So, uh, it starts, it starts hitting me pretty, pretty intensely. Um, I go and I meet with his mom and, you know, she takes me in to see him. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a very, very, very difficult thing to see. He's, got tubes everywhere totally unconscious he has a machine breathing for him uh and uh it's 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 overwhelming and at that point i thought this is this is really 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 bad so uh she his mom's talking to me and you know i've never i've never really like i've met met his mom a few times in my life over the course of you know, twelve years, so we don't really know each other that well. Um, and she says, "Hey, she, I have a really important question to ask you." And I said, "What?" And she said, "Why did he stop taking his medicine?" And I said, "What medicine? What are you talking about?" And she said, "His, his, his insulin, his diabetes medicine." And I said, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "He's diabetic," and I said, "He never told me that." He never in his, the entire time that I would known him told me that ever, uh, never made one mention of being diabetic uh, or taking insulin shots or, or, or doing anything. And uh, that's when like a lot, like a, a lot of emotions kind of take over me because then I think of, you know, uh, just how he's just always just, drinking whatever he wants and eating whatever he wants and now I realize like what happens what what has happened here because his mom didn't know that he had lost his job six months earlier and when he lost his job he lost his insurance and he did not want to he did not want to tell his mom that he was laid off from his job he didn't get fired his his you know the place he worked laid everybody off because it was just not a successful business anymore, I guess. Um, and him and I had been leading up to this kind of having arguments about this because he had been, he would, he would pretend to go to work every day. Uh, so his mom didn't know that he had lost his job. So that's when it all hits me. Like when he lost his job, he lost his insurance and I didn't know he was diabetic, so he had been not treating his diabetes for for over six months, um, and that's when I tell her, "Hey, you know, he lost his job. Uh, did you know that?" And she said, "He told me right before they put him under. That's one of the last things he told me." Um, and I think the big, I think the big message here before we even go further is if you're in a situation like that dude don't uh, you know don't be too proud to ask somebody for help because that's that's where chandler was he was too proud or embarrassed or i don't know what to tell his mom hey i lost my insurance i i can't afford my insulin shots i can't afford my medicine and that's you know that's where that's where he this happens because once he stopped treating his diabetes, his immune system basically collapsed, and that's where this that, that's that's where this flesh eating d- disease comes into play because his immune system had been lowered so much by not treating his diabetes for six months.
1: Yeah, this this form of gangrene that he suffered from, um, you know, Chandler, unfortunately, essentially. Inadvertently created a breeding ground for this form of gangrene um, because the type of diabetes he had, it's common in, uh, as well as somebody who can suffer from um, various things like cirrhosis uh, or obesity. And, you know, what happens is it runs interference with your blood supply to their pelvis and creating other various um, issues. And so, obviously, you know cutting off blood supply to the pelvis as we said this has happened on the genital region um you know it's worth noting even that night when they're in the hospital and they're they're transferred from one hospital to another he has this conversation with his mother as we find out now um you know they they talked and chandler said to her uh you know these are all my passwords to everything online in case i die and they talked about the fact that Look, he may have to have his testicles removed or worse from this. And and I also don't want to paint the picture, you know, John, because I, I know we're going to sit here at some point. We're going to beat ourselves up. And so many people are going to say, well, why would you let him do that? You know, as his mom didn't know that he didn't have a, a job. The other thing that we didn't know is we didn't know that he had diabetes. This wasn't, uh, um, you know and forgive me i don't recall which is type 1 or type 2 but it's not the diabetes that you know you're kind of born with you always deal with it's one that you develop over time and as we talk about the sense of pride is he always trying to kind of make it seem like his health wasn't that bad and we would have talks with him you know kind of nonchalant like hey man you start watching yourself and, and,
0: and pushing it but and, we didn't I mean, know he got diabetes and you know I didn't know that and uh, a thing that I kind of have been struggling with over these last I don't know few months is uh, you know right before all of this happens I had been getting very stern with him about his situation um, you know especially once I found out that he was pretending to go to work because he didn't want his mom to know uh i just said dude you know like you just got to get it together and just you know get out there and apply yourself because he's he was definitely uh, getting i guess less social and a lot more um i I guess i don't know a a shorter fuse shorter than usual and i could tell that you know this not having a job thing was was weighing on him mentally um i obviously did not know you know he's going through all this stuff with not affording his medicine and things like that but you know towards the end i I had been having these stern conversations with him like dude like you have to you have to get it together like all all around and uh you know, it was it was a little, it was a little tense. You know, and uh, I had said, you know, he had, well, even for WrestleCon, he had booked this really expensive hotel, and I said, dude, how are, how are you going to pay for that? Like, you don't, you're not even working right now, and he said, oh, I I'm getting unemployment. It's cool, and I was just like, dude, like this is not responsible. Like, you need to just kind of sit down and, and get everything on track. And, uh, you know, now I'm just kind of angry that I didn't know that he was diabetic. And I wasn't more, I like, I wasn't more pushy with him. But you also have to realize, like, this is your, you know, this is your friend. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be an asshole to your friend and your business partner. And you don't want to make things awkward, you know, like... Uh, it's it's really hard to have those conversations with somebody, and uh, you know, uh, I guess there's nothing that could be changed about it now. But that, like, that's why we're kind of doing this podcast because, uh, essentially, as this goes on, you know, we we dive deeper into this. Um, you know, the, there's a lot more of the story to be told. But the bottom line is, is if if Chandler tells his mom please pay for my medicine or asks anybody you know hey i need aw money to buy this medicine if he says anything to anybody he i feel is still alive to right now but it's the fact that he was too embarrassed or too proud to ask somebody for help is is to why this this happened and uh i i just don't want that to happen to anybody else because it sucks
1: yeah, we we could have pushed all day long to get information out of him, um, but right now, you know, as we continue along this story, right now, bottom line is, if he doesn't give us that information, we don't know what to do. We don't know who to talk to. We we can't provide whatever help we possibly can. We have to take we have to take him at his word, or lack thereof.
0: And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, when I'm at the hospital, the the day after all this happens on that Monday and I'm talking to his mom, you know, I, I put on a happy face and I'm telling jokes to her and I'm telling her stories about him and I'm keeping her spirits up and, um, you know, I'm telling her everything's going to be okay. And, uh, I stay, I don't know, for an hour or two hours, I'm not sure. And then, um, uh, you know, she says that she was going to go find something to eat and try to get some rest cause she hasn't slept. And I said, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to head home. Uh, you know, please, you know, please call me or text me and keep me updated. And, uh, I went and I sat in the lobby of the Cleveland clinic, uh, and I cried for probably two straight hours. And, uh, I texted some people and I said, you know, this is, this is really bad, uh, this is way worse than anyone could have suspected it was. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, it, it was, uh, it was a very inexplainable feeling, but I like, I, I just sat in that, I sat in some chair in the lobby and I sat there for, uh, close to two hours and, uh, I was just, you know, I, you know, I talked to some people that he was close with cause he didn't want any, he didn't want anybody to know, uh, but after seeing the reality of the situation, I, I had to let a few of his close friends know, uh, you know, and, and I don't, I, I, I know I talked to Josh prohibition and then DJZ and, DJ Z and uh, a, a few other people. Uh, and, uh, you know, that like, I just sat there and I, I cried and I thought, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be really, this is going to be really bad um and i eventually just uh, you know i drove to nick sanka's house and i sat at his house for a couple hours and i talked to him and his his girlfriend and uh it was man that was uh that was i don't even know i don't even know if i went to work the next day I don't it was like a it was just like a whirlwind of like uh just emotions that uh it's it's very hard to explain to seeing seeing that in in person
1: um, you know, again we're gonna I'm gonna backtrack slightly just to give you guys a bit more of the details uh medically and things that he was going through. And, you know, some of this is as Chandler would say is to clear up uh rumor and innuendo. Uh so that you know, a lot of the things and theories have been thrown out there and we're we're trying to, to clear all that up to. Um you know, he had surgery that day on the nineteenth, and uh, as terrible as this gangrene is, and this is not to scare anybody, anybody. But this, look, this is going to be hard to listen to, as I've said, and I'll repeatedly say that. Um, the gangrene caused them to remove all the skin on the testicles and all skin on the penis except for the tip. Uh, the skin was removed from the upper thighs and lower abdomen, um, and that's part of what this virus can do. It's flesh eating. It spreads. You know, it start, started there because uh, blood flow being cut off to, to, again, a combination of all sorts of things. Um, and, and so they had to remove that skin so that it, it doesn't continue. Uh, during this course, he was heavily uh, sedated. He had a tube down his throat and was connect, connected to a ventilator that was breathing for him. Uh, at times, he was given medicine to keep his blood pressure down. He had to be given several units of blood because of blood loss due to the open wound which is you know his, his skin being removed
0: it, yeah and essentially after this surgery uh, come all sorts of more complications
1: yeah um, so at one point because of all this uh, his kidneys start to struggle and are having uh, problems functioning and so then he had to have two days of dialysis and almost every other day he had to go back to surgery and they had to take off more skin due to the gain green. And, and unfortunately as um, from the information we've been given with this being flesh and e- flesh eating bacteria and, um, you know, traveling. You, you don't always necessarily know where it is next right away until you
0: start to see it develop. And it's basically what they were trying to do is they were trying to cut it off before it can spread, mm-hmm. uh, to you know his major organs um you know like uh, so they were th- that was a big big concern was trying to get it under control before it basically ate his entire body uh and then more medical confusion to kind of
1: in and, and this happens with uh gangrene and what he's suffering from uh at times internal organs would show that They had issues according to lab work, blood tests, and whatnot. But then they would do CT scans, ultrasounds, and more, and all that would be negative. So again, then it's kind of just based upon what testing do you go with. As John said, they're trying to
0: um, head everything off before it becomes serious. And uh, you know, uh, before you you know, you continue that. Like I said, you know, when I talked to him uh, when he was texting me, he had said one you know a couple days um right when his mom texts me in the morning she says two weeks and then some rehab when i went to the hospital that monday it had gone to one to two years of recovery time so that's in a matter of like 48 hours it goes from a few days to two weeks to two to one to two years uh as they learned more and more about what was going on yeah
1: um and as John said, from you know, seeing when he visited him, uh, they had a tube down his throat. He could only be in there for two weeks due to issues with the throat. So at one point they put a trach in his neck for his airway, which is
0: basically they cut a hole in his throat. Yeah, and and they put up which the a next tube there so that you could breathe. The next time I went and saw yeah. him, that was there, and that was uh, pretty intense to see. Um, he was still on a ventilator to
1: help him breathe. He still needed more surgeries. That was known at this point that he would need more. And he could not speak. Um, they blocked the trach once at some point. I guess he was able to talk for a very short time. Uh, no, His mother or and John, nobody was there at that point aside from medical staff. So, I mean, it was very brief. Um, but he was always very sedated um, during that point. And... Uh, I mean, as we said, more surgeries happen. His mom's not sure the total amount
0: of surgeries yeah, it was, that occurred. It was, it was a lot. Um, and I know, so I go and I see him after the trachin and it's still kind of the same situation. And then, um, like right before I went to Florida, he got the trach, I believe he got the trachin. Um, and then when I come, I come back from, from Florida and I go to visit him, uh, when i when i get back and he's awake and it's like uh, a total 180 from when i've the last time i've seen him um he's communicating with me uh he's making money signs at me asking about uh asking about the show uh making sure things were good i told him about russell con um bruce pritchard uh, and Conrad Thompson had, uh, filmed something privately for him. Um, because, you know, he was a huge, huge fan and, uh, that was the big thing that he was looking forward to in Orlando. Uh, they were nice enough to, you know, film a, a private message for him. I showed it to him. Uh, he, you know, he was very excited about it. was giving me thumbs ups, uh, laughing. I was, uh, cracking jokes with him. I was asking, you know, do you want this person to come see you? And he'd say, you know, he'd shrug his shoulders maybe. You know, uh, I'd say, you know, do you want uh, Bert Baker to come see you? He'd shake his head, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd say, you want Candace to come see you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say, you want Steve Payne to come see you? And he'd say, no, and he made a money sign. And I said, do <laughs> you think he wants money to come see you? He said, yeah, he'd want money. Uh, <laughs> so he's cracking jokes. He's with it. Uh, you know, he's trying to make everybody laugh. He's very coherent, um, which makes me feel good, you know, um. And, uh, his mom keeps me updated. Uh, you know, there's, there's issues with, uh, him producing urine in his kidneys, but and and nothing, uh, that seemed uh, super life threatening. Um, I go again and, uh, you know, I just go by myself and, uh, you know, he's still with it somewhat, but, um, you know, he's, he's not allowed to he's not allowed to eat um you know they have him on a feeding tube yeah he's in uh he's in an iv system at this point and uh he can't drink water he can't have anything and uh he keeps pointing at his mouth his mouth is looks very dry and stuff and i you know i talked to the nurse and uh they tell me he can't have any water but they give me this like sponge thing and uh it's and a glass of water, and they say that uh, I can I can wet his mouth for him, but he can't drink it. Uh, so this is probably uh, I I don't know even how to explain this, but this is an intense thing for me to do. Um, because he's just like, as much as he's showing signs of improvement, then it makes me realize exactly like where he is still, and how how weak he is, and. Uh, the only thing he wants for like, is for me to please swab this, this water into his mouth. Uh, so I, you know, I sit in his hotel room or not his hotel room, his hospital room. And, uh, I, you know, I dip this little sponge in water and I just swab it in his mouth for, I don't know, a few hours. Uh, and that's, you know, that's really the only thing that's, you know, it's making him happy and, um he's, you know, I'm trying to, you know, hold the conversation with him and get him to react. And the only thing he wants is this water. And then, you know, I sit there and I, I, I do that until he falls asleep. And then, you know, as, as much as he had improved, uh, I, I start feeling a little, uh, a a, a little worried again. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a very, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain that situation, but it is a, it, it made me feel some kind of way to, to sit there and do that, you know, for an hour or two hours or however long I was there. Uh, it just, it's, it, it just makes you, it, it's just a crazy thing to see, you know, a, a guy that was totally fine a few weeks earlier now is begging you to, dip this little sponge in water and 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 put it in his mouth it's like the only thing that he has to look forward to Uh, it's just it's uh, i don't know it it was uh, that that was that was an intense thing for me and uh you know i kind of did the same thing that happened the first day after that And i I went and i sat in that same chair in the lobby of the cleveland clinic and uh, and i cried for a little bit again because uh you know uh, i don't know why that just made me that just made me worry all over again as much as progress as he had made i I started to feel uh really 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 nervous again
1: um the the one thing i do want to say as we go forward and this is a note his mom had had put in all the information she gave us at this point is uh and and i'm going to paraphrase this uh, as an ongoing thing because she has said it multiple times but the entire staff uh that worked with him uh, that worked with Chandler Biggins throughout this, whether it be Cleveland Clinic, uh, Tri-County Ambulance, which is a private ambulance um, company that she requested they used to transport him uh, when he had to go from Cleveland Clinic to the care facility. Uh, and at the care facility, she said that they were, they were all awesome. Um, everybody treated him as though he were a person, not just a patient. You know, even when he couldn't really communicate um, so that he was, he was well taken care of by everybody, um, medically throughout this in, entire time frame and situation, uh, from the Cleveland clinic through all this, he's, he's on the IV for a couple of weeks. That's how he's getting nutrients, you know, so he's not eating or drinking anything. It's all coming through an IV, including, uh, insulin to keep his blood sugar going as, um, you know, as we, we all now know, you know, he, he had diabetes, um, uh, they were pretty certain that the infection was all gone at this point and some other surgeries happen. So they take him to a lower level care, uh, where the family lives is out in, uh, Geauga County in Ohio. It's northeastern Ohio. It's kind of, you're coming from Cleveland. You're going East on your way to Pennsylvania. Uh, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a rural area. Um, but the name of the facility is Heather Hill. And, um, for quite some time, his mom stayed there, uh, to try to help with his care. He had a wound nurse, uh, who would have to come and change everything and, and take
0: care of his wound. After a month, his wound was still very large. Well, and I, I guess, you know, like that when he went there, he, he goes there after uh, over after a mo- After a month or so. Yeah. At it, the Cleveland clinic. In the Cleveland clinic. Um, but you know, just like the last I had seen him before he before he moves, he's awake and he's responsive um, and everything's healing well. So they move him to this rehabilitation center and they start, uh, you know the, the infection is is under control, the diabetes are under control. Uh, so they move him to where he could start to begin uh, the rehabilitation process. He was still going to have some surgeries along the way. Uh, but as far as everyone was concerned, he was he was out of the woods, um, and you know he, headed in the right direction. Um, this happens on uh, he, he's moved he he's moved there on uh April twenty first, like twenty first, yeah. This is mid to late April at this point. So this is which, which uh, is the day of an AIW show. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's, it's We're
1: doing forgot about Dre or next episode. Sorry, yeah. at that point,
0: and uh, so. He's there. His mom goes with him. And, uh, th- and this is where he... Because he had been sedated, basically, in, in and out of induced comas. Even though he's reacting, he really still didn't have any concept of time. And this is where he, he, his mom shows him, like, it's April 21st, and he realizes he has a show that day, and he gets very nervous and scared. And it, it starts to kind of hit him that he has been... Unconscious for a month at this point, pretty much. And, uh, he is, uh, but he's scared, but he's very concerned with what, you know, what's going on with the show, AIW. Um, even though he can't talk, he's mouthing things to his mom and, and you know, writing things down. Uh, I believe, you know, he started to write things down. And, um, then, uh, she you know she's telling me you know he's doing well and he's he's very uh you know he he's very concerned about the show and curious and he's responsive yeah very responsive and then the one thing she doesn't tell him is that John Thorne's going to wrestle
1: well that nobody knew that cuz that's, <laughs> that's that day uh but, you know that's the thing too is we're all going into that show at this, that the first show without him was calling for the gold we had no idea what was going to happen with him at this point a month later
0: we're going into the show and everyone's positive. Everything's he's, very
1: positive. He's being
0: moved to the rehab center that day. Uh, he's making lots of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day I'm supposed to take Shayna Baszler to remix pro. Uh, we're getting ready to leave around, I don't know, two 1 PM or 2 PM. I, I, you know, I, I take a shower. I'm, uh, I tell her I'm going to come pick her up at her hotel. Uh, as I'm getting out of the shower, my phone rings and it's uh, Chandler's mom, and uh, she tells me that uh, his heart stopped, and uh, they they've are trying to revive him, but they don't. They've revived him, but it's it's his response is very minimal, and she essentially tells me that I need to come and say goodbye.
1: And, and this is what they are told essentially at this point too, uh, by the nursing staff. Yeah, uh, he t- goes to an- another emergency facility uh, from there.
0: Yeah, and they're they're basically telling the family, you know, uh, they they revived him, but he can't breathe on his own. He can't breathe without a machine. He's unresponsive. Um, they don't really know how long his heart had stopped for. Um, so I'm like, you know, I'm told this, and I'm just like, what the fuck uh, after all of this positive stuff, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've just been called to, you know, to go say goodbye. So I call Shana and I say, Hey, this is going to be an awkward thing, but we have to go, I have to go do this. And there was nobody else that could have taken her to the show. Um, so Shana and myself drive out to this hospital. It was about an hour outside of Cleveland. um, and you know, I tell his mom that I'm there, and uh, what I what I saw after that, I don't like. I don't think anybody should ever have to see in their life. To be perfectly honest, um, I'm thankful that Sh- uh, Shana was there uh, with me because I don't think anyone could have uh, really uh, like you like you can't describe what we saw uh, you know like i'm just glad somebody else was there to like see it with me to to where it's like you know i didn't just like imagine that that was like a real thing um you know i i we his mom is you know his, his mom is a nurse and his mom's from a medical field and she's very hey like this is what you're about to see this is what's happened Nothing she told me prepared me for what that was. Um, You know, we go we go back there, and uh, his eyes are open, but his he's not blinking, and his his eyeballs are like pointed up and to the left. There's no movement. His mouth is open. Nothing. You know, uh, like no reaction to any movement at all it's like there's not like there's nobody home um we you know we we talk to him we try to get him to react nothing um when we're there they decide that you know they're gonna move him because they need to they need to do tests to see if there's any brain activity which when when your heart stops that there's a good chance that you can go brain dead. And that's pretty much what they were thinking at that at that moment. Um, yeah, they were thinking
1: if, if he makes it uh you know, that may be best case scenario. Uh I, one of the things
0: they did And to, you know, before you go on, yeah, you know, I, I call Aaron Bauer and I say, Hey man, right. Uh you need to get out here. Um because you know they're saying people need to come say goodbye. Uh, you know Chandler was was in Aaron's wedding they were extremely close uh, so Aaron Aaron starts driving out they start you know to move him around um, and uh you know his his mom says you know I'm gonna let you know what happens get her to the show because this, this Shane is was booked because Chandler was gonna he, he was going to drive her to this other show. So he had set up this, you know, these multiple bookings for her and, uh, you know, they were going to have a weekend of road trips together and stuff. So she said, please take her. This is what Chris would want. Uh, you know, Shane is his favorite. She kept saying that. And, uh, so we left, but Shane and I had a very, very quiet and awkward drive for three hours. Um, we get to the show and, I talked to Pedro was there and some other people are there. And I tell him, I said, Hey, this is, this is, this is it. Um, Pedro gives a speech in the ring and he just begs people for prayers. I don't know. I I don't know what I believe in or whatever, but uh, at at that moment, I you know, I I felt whatever he was doing and the same token, I, I essentially come to terms with you know Chandler is either going to die or he's never going to be the same again. At that point, um, I talked to a lot of people. It was good to be around people because if I, I don't know what how what would a uh, what I would have did just sitting around. You know, I don't know if I would have just drank myself into oblivion or what. I don't know. You know that like I was feeling a lot of uh, a lot of emotions at that point so it was good to be around wrestling and the camaraderie and uh you know i'll, I'll never forget you know the shana gets done and we get in the car and we just buy some beer and we drive up the road and we drink in the car and then you know we just we talk and uh it, about what we saw we didn't really talk on the way down but on the way back we talked about it and uh you know, it was, it was good to have somebody to talk to at that point, and uh, I, at, at you know, when that's done, I I drop her off at her hotel, and I pretty much you know I I accept that this is this is gonna happen. It's it's done, and uh, they move him to the Cleveland Clinic, and they run tests, and all of a sudden he starts he starts responding and uh he has brainwaves and stuff and is it's essentially a miracle that they they had all but written him off and uh his mom you know calls me the next day and she says you're you're not going to believe it i think you know when my phone rings the next day and it's his mom i think she's just calling to give me you know to tell me the official news what i've already decided in my head has happened and uh she says you're not going to believe this and uh I, like that is just a, a crazy roller coaster of a feeling.
1: Uh and I'll, more on that in a second but real quick just to catch everybody up medically um you know so what happened there is is called cardiac arrest for those who don't know. This is different than having a heart attack. You know heart attack uh happens part of your heart doesn't get enough blood cardiac arrest can happen after a heart attack, but it's not the same thing. Cardiac arrest is your heart absolutely stops and shuts down. And that's what's happened uh, to Chandler at this point. Um, They use cooling blankets. Um, It's um, the actual term itself is therapeutic hypothermia. And that's something they do. They cool the body off after somebody's in a cardiac arrest. Um, and, you know, that helps keep blood flowing and going there. Um, because, and again, going back to the brain damage, uh, not enough blood can flow to organs throughout the body. And that's where a lot of this, um, a lot of times where brain damage can can come from because of that. Because there's not blood uh, flowing to the rest of the body and then certain chemical reactions and whatnot aren't happening. Everything slows down. And also lowering the temperature through this, Therapeutic hypothermia uh, can lessen inflammation in the brain. So is this something that that helped him? Um, again, to his mom's point, thanks to everybody who was treating him and so great, uh, potentially. Um, and then, you know, kind of going back to what, what John said that next Sunday, uh, that was, uh, you and I are actually going to go, you know, we weren't together on Saturday, I had family stuff day after the show, early in the morning and throughout the day. I had to already get to not knowing this was going to happen to Chandler. So I'm already there. I can't make it back. I you know I volunteered to, to drive um, I Everybody else that shows I'm by myself. So finally you and I are texting and say, look, man, I got to freaking see somebody. And, you know, we're going to grab brunch the next day. And that was literally we end up going a little bit later because, uh, his mother called you when we were supposed to go. So all of a sudden it goes from this is a very dire situation to once again, as we joked at the time, here's Chandler Biggins kicking out at too. And, you know, I pick you up and you're not going to believe this. I got this phone call from her. I thought this was going to be terrible. That's what I was waiting on. And he's, he's doing all right. Um, and to, to give you guys some statistics here and why we're thinking you know, look, this is just going to be one miracle after another. Um, you know, his mom gave us some stats that, that she was given. Uh, in 2016, when somebody has cardiac arrest inside a hospital, and so this is already after a rare case of, of gangrene like he had, you know, he already beats that, and then he goes into uh, suffered under a cardiac arrest. The survival rate of somebody having that out of a hospital is 12%. And we're talking about in that moment, he was fortunate enough to be inside a hospital. And even that occurring, that percentage really only doubles. It's 24.8% of people who suffered it, um, you know, survive that shortly thereafter it happening. And he, here he is, here's our guy and Chandler Biggins, uh, saying screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna push on uh so i'm gonna go through this and and that was the case uh so you know he ends up going uh to the cleveland clinic once they have a bed after they're reviving him and bringing him back at uh the Giaga hospital icu uh after a couple days they lighten the sedation because again to help him come back um you know he was heavily sedated uh once again
0: and you know I, I i go and see him again at this point mm-hmm. and uh i i can't believe that there's you know he's his eyes are open and he's moving around and uh compared to how i saw him before right. um, he's not as responsive as he was uh previously but he's responding and, you know, he's doing some things. And uh, I went and he just, like, he held my hand and it was very, it, it was just strange. And he just held my hand and he kept, like, shaking my hand and looking at me. And uh, I I just asked him, I, I said, are you scared? And uh, he shook his head no. And uh, I said, are you going to be all right? And he said, yeah and uh he just like he just held my hand it was like it, I, I don't know it was weird um you know this was like this was all you know this was all a lot to experience to be perfectly honest it was just uh it was a lot and uh you know I, he was like i said he wasn't as responsive as he had been you know when i saw him before all this happens, but he's still responsive and he's way better than when I went to see him with Shayna' to where they essentially had told me at that hospital that he was brain dead uh so you know there's a huge difference from that but uh there's also he seems not as with it but uh you know they had had some neurologists and things monitoring him and continuing to uh, to test his you know, his memory and his brain power, you know, I know that they had, um, they had gave him some quizzes and, and things like that to where he would have to do thumbs up or thumbs downs and, uh, you know, some stuff he got right and some stuff he got wrong. Um, like he thought George Bush was the president, but then he would get all these other questions about society and like current events and memories the correct. Uh, so you know they were very very hopeful that you know his his brain and memory was was all going to be intact after it was all said and done
1: yeah they were thinking you know short-term memory loss there um there is a story you know we'll share with you guys as john says he was holding his hand um his mom told us at one point and that um she was visiting him and he grabbed her arm, um, and, you know, kind of and said, Look behind you. He said, You know, very limited speaking and motioning. And, uh, she said she didn't see anything. And he said, Look behind you again. She asked what he saw. And he said, Papa and Bibi. And these are the names of, um, his grandfather and his great grandmother. And, uh, two relatives that he was the closest to that actually passed away. Um, You know, so this is where his uh, brain activity is, memory and whatnot. Um, She asked, what are they telling you? Are they asking to go with you? And he said, no, they said they love me. Um, So as they're, you know, figuring these things out and there's memory issues and whatnot, uh, does this have to do with that and they're not sure um, you know, look. You believe you want the science is there to to back this up too. Um, patients who are in this state for a long time, um, they can come become delirious for any sort of reasons. Uh, sensory deprivation from being in there, you have sleep disturbance and sleep deprivation. Um, it's it can be a reaction to continuous light levels, stress. Of course, you know you have a lack of orientation and constant med- medical monitoring. Um, you know, is it science? Is it something? No, you know more. That look, we're not going to sit here and 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 play that. Um, but we're just giving it to you as, as we are told, and uh, however you want to take it. Um, he was in the ICU uh, the entire time. So whether he was in the Giaga Hospital. Uh, which is out closer to where he lives, or the Cleveland Clinic, um, or, or elsewhere, he was always in the ICU, so he never left yeah. intensive care.
0: Yeah, he was always in like some sort of intensive care unit. Um, and then, so as they're determining his, I guess, mental capacity and things like that, and he's starting to get better, uh, his mom starts bringing him his phone so he can read things. Uh, and he takes his phone and he, he, he actually sends me a text on, uh, May 28th. Um, and he says, Hey, it's Chris, which was weird. Cause he's never called himself Chris to me ever in his life. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there, he had gotten out a loan in his name and, uh, he was really concerned about this loan. And I I guess he explained that to his mom and, uh, I, you know, he said, Hey, it's Chris. And she said, you know, he's concerned about a loan he took out. Um, and, uh, I just told, I just tell him about the show. Like, I don't know if he thought that we were going to need a loan for JLIT or what. He was very concerned about a loan. I tell him about Jaylet, and I, you know, I tell him that, you know, things went well and, uh, you know, I, I, was able to get, you know, our, our credit cards paid off and things like that. And, uh, he responds with cool cactus is done too. And I don't know what that means. Um, his mom texts me from her phone and she says, what is cactus? And I said, I, I have no idea what that means. Uh, no, like and uh, there's no follow up from him after that, uh, but that is the last text message that I had received. I, I ever received from him. Uh, that's on May twenty eighth. Um, at this point, you know, other than being uncertain about his, you know, where his memory was at in his brain, everything else is is looking good. Um. Yeah, they they send
1: him back to Heather Hill, which is again the rehab facility. So it seems like things are gonna go better. He has to go back to the the Geology County Hospital again. Gets a dialysis treatment. Uh, dialysis treatment. Um, they it kept him briefly there. They had to put a, a gastro tube in his abdomen so that he could eat. Uh, and, you know, just to shed some, I guess, former humorous light here for those who think of him and remember him as being the stubborn Chandler Biggins certain moments, he certainly was that. If you had heard rumors of him uh, pulling tubes out, that did occur. <laughs> uh, that was something he did. Um, you know, then they, they got him uh, going and he was okay. Yeah, he
0: got uh, towards the so towards the end when he becomes more coherent and starts gaining his strength back, uh, he started ripping these tubes out and was trying to escape the hospital. Yes. He was ready to go. Um, wanting to go home. Uh, he had to be, he had to be restrained because he was just kept ripping these things out and trying to leave and trying to, he was trying to get up. Um, and, you know, the the time I saw him at the Cleveland Clinic right after all the – his heart had and he was, uh, you know, responsive and holding my hand, uh, he kept trying to sit up when I was there and, like, uh, insinuating to get him out of there. Um, the same thing happens when, you know, uh, Dominic Greeny and Derek Direction and some people go and visit him. It's the same kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, he's cracking jokes with them somewhat. So you know the, they're they're very positive, and uh, you know then PB Smooth goes and sees him, and PB Smooth is essentially the last person that uh, that saw him uh, before it all happens. Um, yes, you know, so briefly before that. Aside from you know his his mom and his yeah of of
1: uh, wrestling community here, um, you know leading that the only other issue he had had. Uh, was there was um, his windpipe was was blocking uh, off his airway. There was some sort of issue there with the trach. Um, they took him from Heather Hill. He went downtown. They changed out the trach. Uh, he went to University Hospitals at that point for that, and um, everything seemed better. Uh, at this point, to give you guys an idea, because um, this is not has not been common knowledge, though, uh, you, you know... Chandler Biggins who have been a larger guy. And again, that's something we've, we touched on earlier is, you know, something we kept trying to talk to him about. Um, he had lost 235 pounds, which is now at this point is, uh, three months, you know, March 18th. And, um, we roll to then what becomes the day, uh, it comes June 19th. Um, and I guess before we even get there, John, you can you can uh, kind of speak on that and, and attest to that. You, you saw him. I mean, two hundred thirty-five
0: pounds is. I mean, you could definitely tell. Uh, like it was hard to really tell because he was laying down, but you could tell sure. that he was he was considerably smaller than he was. Um, he essentially loses uh, over half of his weight in, in three months, um, and you could t- you could. You could tell um and that was kind of the thing that we we're uh, his mom and i were speaking about was yeah he's gonna gain some of it back but this is gonna end up being the blessing in disguise that he needed um you know he he would lost all this weight uh he was gonna you know once he started his full-on rehabilitation um this was going to be, you know, this was going to be a good start for him um, to kind of kickstart his 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 life in a, in a better direction, and you know, at it, at it, it really no point uh, do they think things are going to go bad after you know he he basically beats the the flesh eating virus and then he comes out of the cardiac arrest. There's there's really no. I guess cause for concern other than just your, your basic monitoring in the ICU. Right. Um, just cause you know, it, he was having like the things like dialysis and things done. Um, and he was, you know, being fed. He's still on an IV, you know, through an IV through a feeding tube. Um, other than that, you know, there's really no, Hey, you guys should be concerned. It's not. It, it. It wasn't as touch and go as it had been when this whole process starts. Um, so, I, you know, I guess I'll. I found out probably later than most people found out.
1: Yeah. Well. Um. I mean, real real quick is then we talk about that. Um, June nineteenth. It's eleven forty p.m. Uh, his mother gets a call that the Munson Fire Department, this is again out by where they live, uh, they're taking Chris back to the Geog Emergency Department. She asked what was wrong. They said his pulse was low. Uh, she and um, a Chandler's brother, Jeff, uh, got to the emergency department and the physician, the physician said his pulse was 20. and It did not look good. They said they both wanted to go see him. Um and you know, for you know, sometimes this concerns people and whatnot. But both his mother uh, and his brother, who uh, they were, you know, pretty close. Um, they were both there uh, as he was uh, taking his last breaths and uh, and, and pass away. So he was, you know, surrounded by mm. probably the two people who loved him the most. You know, see, he was he was there. He wasn't they were there um you know i know some people worry sometimes if it, it's all happening there's an emergency crew and all this but uh from what we are told at that point he was you know made made comfortable um and they were there with him
0: and you know i, f- I found out i find out later because uh on on work nights i put my phone on do not disturb uh at 11 o'clock so you know uh, just this is just based on being in the wrestling business and everybody in the wrestling business wanting to do business at all hours of the night uh right i just put that setting on my phone Monday through Friday uh i don't get any calls or t- like i can't my phone does not give me any notifications uh so i guess you know when people who use their cell phone as their alarm you know anytime you've ever slept through your alarm you wake up and your phone is vibrating and uh because you're at some point your alarm just stops making an alarm noise and it just vibrates uh so my f- my phone goes off do not disturb at like uh, i don't know 6 a.m or something six thirty, and uh i wake up and my phone's vibrating and the sun's out and i think oh Fuck! I overslept for work. Like, what is going on? You know. Uh, and I look, and it's not my alarm. It uh, it says Biggin's mom because that's what she stored on my phone as, and uh, I I knew right there that what the phone call was. Uh, because anytime anything else had really happened, it was a text message or a f- a phone call update. Um, but I knew the fact that she was calling me at, you know, six something in the morning. Uh, I, I pretty much knew what was on the other line, other end of that line. So I don't answer for a minute. I, I kind of wake myself up and I compose myself and then I call her back. Uh, and what I suspected was true. She, she told me. Um, And I, you know, I was shocked to have been getting that phone call based on, I guess, how, how well he had been doing. Um, after that, it just all becomes like a, like a whirlwind of talking to people. And then I look at my phone and I have something like 90 text messages, uh, because, his, you know, his brother had kind of made an announcement on social media to kind of get the word out there instead of, you know, calling everybody and texting everybody individually. Um, and his mom wanted his mom was calling me all morning because she wanted to be the one to tell me she didn't want me to have to see it from somebody else. Uh, so she tells me and then I look at my phone and it's just a whirlwind of what happened from everybody you can think of and uh yeah it was it was a a very bad day
1: i uh i found out i one of those weird things where you just wake up really early in the morning um i actually woke up to a text message from one of my good friends who saw it on social social media um just giving his condolences to me at that point I thought oh no this is not he would not have texted me early in the morning lives in a different time zone but uh, I thought this would not be an early morning text message if it was just oh hey I happen to see he wasn't doing well in general so um, you know we all found out different ways Um, as we kind of let's talk about here uh, at the end of things. Um, I'll read a note from his mother. uh, But another thing that she wanted to get across is at one point, one of the things that kept Chandler going uh, when he had issues was um, the staff quickly performing um, CPR. Uh, So it was within, you know, moments. um, And that was something that actually enabled him to survive one of those time frames where we thought this was it. Um, So she just wanted to convey, you know, look, hey, this is not a bad thing for anybody uh, to go out and learn uh, because you just, you never know. Um, But uh, a note from her um, that she sent us is, Chris had a very good life. He got to do pretty much whatever he wanted. I did everything I could for him as a mother. We said I love you to each other all the time. You need to live your life with no regrets. You need to tell the people that you love that you love them. I hope that I've gained a few more kids that Chris called his friends. I appreciate all who text or message me. Uh, you know, so that's another thing too from her. You know, thanks to everybody that um, showed their support, sent messages, posted on social media, um, came to the funeral. Um, anything that you did to support the family, I know she's uh conveyed to us, John and I have uh, seen her a couple times now since uh we you know we went out there to the house and grabbed a couple of uh well, more than a few boxes of wrestling items uh that he had, and um you know that's one thing that she's constantly wanted us to convey to everybody is just thank you for all the support. Uh, to the family and, you know, from us too, obviously, thank you because it, it, it as much as it was nice to go, I mean, nice, terrible term, obviously, but for lack of better ones, um, we had each other to go through this with, but it, it helps having, uh, all of you as well. Um, and I mean, she's right and everything else that, that, uh, that that she said, folks. As much as this sucks, and maybe it's cliche, but do do tell those people, people that you care about, and let them know. Uh it's a big
0: deal. And you know, like we said at the beginning of this, um, the, the the big issue is is Chandler did not want to ask for help, um, and if he would have asked for help, I I I, I truly feel that we wouldn't be sitting here discussing this right now um so you know if any for any reason if you need help just there's there's plenty of outlets and people that are you know no matter no matter uh how much you think that it's you know the end of the world and uh you know there's there's no way kind of out uh there definitely is um and I, I truly feel if, you know, uh, Chandler just has that conversation with, you know, with one person, uh, this, this whole thing turns out differently. And, uh, you know, th- that, that sucks to sit here and, 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 and say, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really do. I think if, you know, he says, hey, I'm, I'm diabetic, I, I need help getting my medicine, you know, that, uh, he gets that medicine and, then, and this does not happen. Um, and that's really the big message that I wanted to get across. And it, it, as well as just telling everybody exactly what happened and how it happened and what caused it, uh, you know, just, uh, don't, don't be, don't be too afraid to, to ask somebody, you know, you know, to help you because there's plenty of people that are willing to help you. You just have to ask.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, at, at that same token, um, like his mom said, tell don't be afraid if you're on the other side of it freaking tell look tell people what they mean to you. tell them tell them that you care so that they know if they need that help they can they can ask you make people more comfortable with ask you and it's not that we didn't do that with Chandler again he was a super proud guy that just would not but oh you know make sure it's open to that conversation it's not always going to happen that's why we're also sitting here telling you people who need the help Ask, ask somebody, ask anybody.
0: Yeah, and you know it's it's amazing the support and the love that Chandler felt. You know, you know that that happened during this process. Um, it just it just sucks to that I don't know if he knew uh, what you know what kind of impact he had and uh, how, how he. You know, uh, affected people. You know, through AIW, through this podcast, through their interactions. Um, you know, it just—I uh, don't know. I, I I could sit and I can talk about this forever and try to figure it out. But um, you know, I, I I just think it was important to share his story, and uh, you know, hopefully, it could uh, you know, it, it it can help somebody that 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 needs to hear. It's okay to ask for help.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's uh, the best way to summarize everything. And for us to uh, draw a conclusion, I'm, I'm trying to think what it is Chandler always said or mess up. He said, uh, I don't know what he would say tie a, a ribbon, ribbon on it or something. He wouldn't Just say it correctly. It. <laughs> he wouldn't say it correctly, but
0: yeah, uh, that's, that's going to be it. Uh, and, you know, and if you can, you know, reach out to his mom on Facebook, you know, she's pretty active on Facebook and posting things, Patty Wilson, Patty Wilson yes. um, you know, send her a message, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people message me and talk to me and, um, you know i've you know i'm dealing with it and i'm figuring out how to deal with it and um but you know i i think it's important you know uh, that she needs to know uh how her son uh impacted people and yeah touched people and um you know it, it's good for her to for her to hear these stories um so you know if you you have a good story or uh, anything, you know, shoot her a message, you know, she would love, she would love to hear from, from everybody and anybody. Um, because now, you know, it's kind of like, you know, he he, Chandler, you know, lived this, this other life, uh, that, you know, she only knew bits and pieces of, uh, so it'd probably be great for everyone to kind of help and, you know, put that puzzle together for her and, you know, and, and, uh, tell her more, you know, uh, He's not going to be forgotten.
1: Yeah, we, and you know we we know these things. We've interacted with a lot of you through the wrestling community, but the as we've talked about puzzle pieces multiple times. Um, she doesn't necessarily so uh, I definitely share those stories with her, and um, you know Chandler is a guy that's look. We're making our we're doing our part. So anybody who's wondering about. Merchandise and things that we're putting out there—it's for all of us to kind of roll through this together and and keep them going. You know, every T-shirt you buy, you wear it to a different show, you wear it wherever. Our guys are wearing armbands, and as we talk about people asking for help, and I know I understand it's there are a lot of reasons why somebody may need to ask for help, but this is kind of a conversation piece and starter and really it's it's giving um into something that chandler loved but you wearing that helps start that conversation of who he uh who he is who he was who this chandler biggins what he meant to everybody and you wear it somebody else and that's that's helping us keep him alive
0: yeah and that's really the big thing is you know he never told me this specifically but you know i know that when JT lightning right before he passed, he had asked both of us to uh, make sure his, his nobody forgets him. Uh, And Chandler would have never asked me that, but uh, I'm going to try and make sure nobody forgets him as well. Um, And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of starting with this, you know, this podcast and uh, telling people his story and letting that resonate with people uh, and just really grasping, what happened and uh hopefully you know this this helps somebody somewhere out there and uh yeah i mean like i said i can sit and i can talk about this forever but uh i think we should probably just wrap it up and you know we maybe we can touch on this again later i hope yeah this was informative to you guys i know it was kind of a bummer but uh like i said i i felt that this story needed to be told and it's you know near entirety and detail
1: uh so that's going to do it here for us on aiw's the card is going to change for john thorne my name is steve guy and of course for chandler biggins uh we'll talk to you guys next week thanks You know.